I never for a moment would have connected it with Bloodborne if the whole time that you're playing Lies of P, the black-eyed peas are going on behind you. Welcome to Video Game Podtimism. It's the Optimist's video game variety show where two best friends talk about the wonderful world of gaming. Uh, my name is Chase. And my name is David. And I have a suspicion that Chase has some games to talk about today. <laughs> He's going straight into it. It's really the canary in the coal mine whenever I don't do intro <laughs> stuff. It's like, I'm here on business, sir. Business flew, only. I flew business straight here. Yeah. And I got things to do. I, I flew on the power of business. I didn't fly business class. <laughs> I flew on the concept of business to you. Yeah. My body was lifted up through the air, through the power of gaming. Mm-hmm. I just just a quick little intro. Uh, I have some troubling news, and I think oh. it's that the through line in this episode might be Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what this was, when this was going to come up. Yeah, it feels like that's the truth in more mm-hmm. ways than just the the main game oh. that we're playing. Okay, is it, is that yeah. the first game he's been in? Was that the first game he was in? Was Diddy Kong Racing? I think so. I think this was Conker's first appearance. Wow. Conquer we'll, Origins. We'll, we'll get to uh, Conquer in a bit here. What happened to him? He's so happy in this game. I know. Yeah, he's just a cute little guy. Can I tell you about video games? Can I do the first one this time? Yeah, dude. Go for it. Um, I got three again. Let's hear it. So, uh, video games. The first one that I want to talk about <laughs> is this video game called Valkyria Chronicles 4, David. Number four. Number four. Is that the one we played together or do we play the original? We must have played the original. Mm, okay. This one. So for anybody who's not familiar with what Valkyria Chronicles is, it's this joint effort between Sega and this company called Media Vision. And uh, it asked the hard hitting question of what if the experience of like the Netherlands or Belgium in World War Two was also anime? Mm. And what if that was a video game? As it turns out, I love it. I like that. (laughs) Have you played each one of these games? I think so. I might not have played three, but I definitely played one and two. Gotcha. I played one when it came out. I think this was a Gamefly game for me, if that dates when Mm. it came out at all. Boy. But essentially what it is, is uh, you can kind of think of it like Fire Emblem almost, where you go into a battle, you choose your units... And the point of the match usually is to either capture some objective or just like eliminate all the bad guys. The place where it differs from Fire Emblem is that the combat is this kind of strange mixture of active and non-active combat. Mm. Where in Fire Emblem, you just roll up and it shows you the percentage to hit and then you click A and then it's like, all right, we're, we're doing the battle for you. This one, you get very direct control over the people that you're choosing to play as. Like mm-hmm. if you click on your tank, then you will go into tank mode and it will allow you to move Tanko it. mode. You go tanko mode by <laughs> Travis Scott and... <laughs> You, you get to move, but uh, the, the moment where it switches into more of a turn-based game is when you hit R1 and go into like targeting mode, which is essentially you're just like aiming and the game stops like any of the people who are shooting at you stop. And then you can choose to aim, aim your gun and shoot wherever you want to. But it is a fixed amount of ammo that you're about to like unload. So mm-hmm. if you choose to shoot at someone, it's like, all right, if you're a scout, you get like four or five shots or something. Uh, whenever you're hovering over an enemy, it, it will show you like 
this guy is going to take X amount of hits to kill, right? So mm-hmm. if you're really far away, it's like he'll, it'll take you 10 hits and you only shoot five or you can try and aim for their head and it does like critical damage and all that sort of shit. And so especially when I was younger and playing the the first one, I just found that like a, an incredibly novel concept for a turn-based game that mm-hmm. felt like I hadn't really played anything like that before. And I was already very much into tactics games, having been a fan of like Fire Emblem for so long. And so it it seemed just like this very cool combination of both of those. Yeah. Fast forward to, I think it was, I think this, the fourth one came out in 2018. So this was like right when I moved up to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I played it on launch and I'm playing it again. I didn't, it, it felt like it had been long enough to the point where I didn't really remember like every beat that happens. And I'm like, all right, I could probably play this again and have a good time. Just because like, again, the, the Fire Emblem games, and this is true of this game too, they're very replayable. Like I, I feel like the tactics of it all make it feel like you can go a couple different ways through this and it will not feel like the exact same experience that you had last time. Sure. And that's what's happening here. Like a a lot of the game depends on like who you're choosing to put in your kind of like rotations. Again, similar to Fire Emblem, where it's like these are my my hard hitters, my my uh the people who like have to be in my party every time I go out. And you know, these are the people I'm choosing to invest less in. Uh the same thing is true. And this game has a lot of cool interactions too, where your your cast of characters are they they say in their character sheet, like, hey, I like this person or I don't like this person. And so there's this interesting kind of meta game where you're trying to put together like a team of people that like each other so that they get like bonuses on inside the game chase loves that i like that i do like that unfortunately no romance no kissing which Mm. come on come on chase doesn't Um, like no romance i don't like that chase will remember that (laughs) (laughs) i don't like that choice especially platonic and romantic relationships I would like both. I would like the option for both. Thank you. Yeah. But all that said, like, I I think that the, the game is just like so novel to me still. I like, nobody's really done this in the same way. Yeah. I think you can compare parts of it to other games, right? Like I think Fire Emblem's the, the thing that when I'm looking at it, that is the most obvious comparison point, but you can see other stuff like XCOM or something where there's kind of like a percentage to hit. Mm -hmm. Worms worms yeah a little bit of worms yeah you're right where you control the uh the movement of them and then kind of a lot of it's up Mm -hmm. to the will of how your your grenade bounces into the pit (laughs) worms 3d i should say i guess and and 2d too i both Mm -hmm. of them do do a similar thing there um damn the worms drop in 2024 (laughs) we're dropping worms baby (laughs) but all all of those things i feel like they this game has a take on a lot of them and so it doesn't really feel like a lot of other stuff that i've played Mm mm-hmm but it in in some ways it also feels like a game that is kind of strangely stuck in PS3 era. Like the game really looks very similar, which like I don't really care if they had evolved pretty much everything else. I like it's it's a cell shaded anime game. It doesn't need to look like photorealistic. Yeah. But it, it does look a little dated and I think it just hasn't really like iterated all that much, which is kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. But I like I love the systems that they have in place. And so whenever I'm playing and I'm like, God, if you guys could just like do like one more and just like look at what three houses did, you know, mm. like, please, you're so close here. So you're saying Valkyria Chronicles as a as a franchise is ready to pop off like into into the mainstream if they do. It yes, right. I think so, because the, I think that there's a lot of stuff that they do really well in a way that is familiar to me with Fire Emblem, where I remember the days where Fire Emblem was like mostly just a tactic tactics game. And that's like, I guess, pre three houses. It's really just the three houses splash that it made. Yeah. And like there were stories in a lot of them. And I think even even the one on uh, 3DS like went pretty hard on, on the story stuff. But I would be hard pressed to compare it in the same breath to three houses as, as hard as that one was going. Mm hmm. 
And again, like three houses has plenty of like weird anime trope fan servicey stuff that happens in that game. Yeah. But I do think it is tackling like much headier and bigger stuff than any of the other Fire Emblem games are. And like, again, Valkyria Chronicles gets pretty close with a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Again, to reiterate, you're, you're essentially uh, you're playing as member or like soldiers who have signed up for the army in this country called Gallia, which is like very much kind of like Netherlands, Belgium coded, mm-hmm. not one of the like huge major Western superpowers, but sort of one of those countries that were kind of neutral and caught in the middle of World War Two. And you, you're also fighting against what they just call the empire in in this game, which is, mm-hmm. again, sort of the yeah, axis the forces. Darth Vader shows up on the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, again, it's all kind of in the same family, right? You know, Star mm-hmm. Wars based on World War Two, and this game based on also World War Two. So it's got there's 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 shades of Star Wars in here. <laughs> Has it always been World War Two? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, like, I think that there's a lot of room there to talk about kind of bigger stuff in the way that Fire Emblem does, especially because like. I feel like the game does a very cool job of balancing its tone with like there's real shit happening. And and most of the games that I have played in the series, they have at least one instance or one moment in the game where like shit really falls apart for the people that you're partying with. Right. Like in in the first one, it happens almost immediately. Like Mm -hmm. your hometown gets like kind of fucked up and they do a lot of work to make it look just like idyllic. Again, I haven't said it, but the game is very pretty. Mm-hmm. It has this like watercolor effect in a way that's not derivative of like Breath of the Wild or, or Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, it it's cell shaded watercoloring. Yeah, it, it it has this vibe that it's being like drawn or written down in a book, and that like motif kind of comes up over and over again in the game, where the the level select is literally you're flipping the pages of the person's essentially diary, mm-hmm. which you're you click into, and it gives you more more story or more levels, and and so it it has this like very cool effect that I I just don't see very often, and so they 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 do a lot to establish like this kind of picturesque area of Galia, and then essentially put it in danger in the way that mm-hmm. it, you know shit like that was in World War Two, and so I don't feel like they're really shying away from the fact that this stuff is kind of bad or or, or was hard which you know a lot of the earlier fire emblems are just like so fantasy based and so like you know we're wiping armies off the map but like unless it's a main character it's whatever you know yeah no one cares about the cannon fodder yeah no it's fine it's no big deal Mm -hmm. whereas like this one does grapple with it a little bit but like i was saying the the balance that it hits between being pretty serious and also being verdi anime is Mm -hmm. hard to do and i i also know that that's like a matter of taste so if somebody else plays it they might be like this shit sucks i can't stand it but for for my experience it's it, it manages to be serious without being like so brutal and overwhelming you know mm-hmm. it sort of feels like if advanced wars took an actual look at combat but was also still like very bright and happy a lot of the time sure so a- again all that to say i feel like they're just they're so close <laughs> Yeah, I want this game to be like everybody is playing it, Mm -hmm. but I can't really point to any one of these games and be like, "Ooh, this is like the good shit. You know, I I think a lot of it is still comes down to taste and a lot of it is, do you like tactics and can you stand some weird fan servicey shit where like some chick is wearing like a skirt into battle or something like that? You know, like that is absolutely present here. Yeah. And if the answer is yes, then like check it out. Come on. (laughs) 
And like, like, that's the thing is like, you could pull it off, but a lot of the times it comes with like just weird shit. You've seen anime, you know what it comes with. You know what happens to anime stuff. Yeah. The anime stuff. And like that is present in three houses, but I feel like it is fairly tame most of the time compared to Mm. compared to the genre. I feel like they're much more interested in the other shit that's going on there. Yeah. And so like, you know, I don't know if they need to stay in the World War Two era. I don't think that that's the thing that like makes it the game that it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But it certainly makes it a little bit easier because like, I don't know what other (laughs) conflict makes any sense to put an anime game in, you know, like this is Vietnam, baby. (laughs) This is Valkyria Chronicles (laughs) Desert Storm. Like what the fuck are we doing This one's in Afghanistan. Oh no. no. Yeah. It's really the only safe war to have a game set in nowadays. Yeah. And be entertaining at all because like I don't want to be stuck in a trench for for 10 months at a time in World War One. That's Mm -hmm. brutal and (laughs) depressing. Yeah, you have to you have it's actually like a like a trauma center game. You have to manage your trench foot oh my god yeah yeah so i don't i don't know what the other option is but like you could just make a conflict you don't need it to be this true and so i i I say that only as a way to say that i think that they could make something else something different while retaining the sort of like tactics that they have and the the tone and the approach that they have in this game without losing the kind of soul of this this series because mm-hmm. it's fun like outside of like the the story and the characters and everything like it, it is just a very fun tactics game so yeah i don't think that they would need to do too much there mm-hmm. to really change it up for people who like tactics to, to check it out there's enough interesting going on in each level uh that it's not just like you know straight up and down fight every time there's always kind of like something some wrinkle that they're throwing at you that makes each one a little bit like well shit i have to account for this problem that they've they've given me mm-hmm. you can really like choose whoever you want to go into battle and so if you're someone who much prefers to like use the artillery people rather than the shock troopers or the tank based builds or anything like that you can do that and and so it, it's open to experimentation and sort of like playfulness with how you approach the fights mm-hmm. and so like I, I again i just i just feel like there's they're so close here mm-hmm. i have no idea if they're even planning on making a fifth one but the feeling i get when playing valkyrie chronicles 4 recently is like the same feeling I got when I was playing the Fire Emblem games on DS and 3DS mm. of like, this series is awesome. Uh, yeah, we're, we're approaching something here. And mm-hmm. I hope that that's the case because they could easily just be like, no, that was the last one. We're done. Uh, um, and like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not complaining about these games. I like them a lot, yeah. but I would love for this game and this series to have its moment in the sun. And that's not to say like it doesn't sell well. I think it like does fairly well most of the time, but it's not like a breakout hit in the way that I see some Fire Emblem games do. So yeah, Valkyria Chronicles 4. It's cool. interesting. Nice. I've always enjoyed playing those games with you. They're fun. They're very interesting. They're, They're super unique. Yes. That's the, the I, I think that's a, the, the easiest way to sum up a lot of it. It's just like, this is different. This is yeah. a different game than I normally play. Definitely, definitely not like Lies of P, right, Chase? This is brutal take, man. <laughs> it's going to follow me around forever. <laughs> I'm trying to bait you now. I'm trying to bait you now. Yeah. It's your take. You, it's how you feel. It is how I feel. And again, not to not to rehash the whole thing. I think Lies of P is a wonderful game. I played through the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. It just, it, 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 there was one toe over the originality line that for whatever reason just got my hackles up. It did. It did. You know? Speak your truth, baby. Good, good game though. Fun game. <laughs> the second game that I want to talk about, David. Yes. Is this game called It Takes Two. Oh, snap. You're playing that? Em and I are playing this game called It Takes Two. You and Mallory played this game. I sure did. It's fun. It's a fun game. <laughs> 
That's all you got to say, huh? <laughs> we we were looking for uh, another co-op game yeah. after uh, we finished Born of Bread. Mm-hmm. Emma's been just like hankering for something. And I had like offered this as an option. And to be honest, I wasn't like just like chomping at the bit for an, for this game specifically. Yeah. I've I, like, I've seen trailers and I'm like, yeah, it looks fun, but I was, I don't, I don't know something about it. I like wasn't crazy about, mm-hmm. but, uh, she had offered like, why don't we play this? I'm like, all right, let's do it. Cause I feel like typically when I say let's play a game, usually the answer is like, ah, whatever. I don't, I don't want to do that right now. Mm-hmm. So if it's her idea, it's time. We got to go. It's like, all right. You got it, baby. Yeah. So we started playing this game. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what this is, it takes two is a cooperative, I guess, platformer, 3D platformer. Yeah. So 3D platformer that requires co-op play. You cannot beat the game yes. on your own. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is not a single player game. It's made by the same folks who did Brothers. Uh, it's about your two sons. Uh-huh. And a way out yeah, uh, and a way out. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I after having played Brothers, I see so many things in this game. I'm like, oh, shit, that is straight out of that game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The section where you're like on the hang glider and like moving yep. back and forth. I was like, that's just straight out of the game. That's cool. Uh-huh. It's, just like, it's, hey, uh, it's, little, it's it's fun. It's the thing fun. that they do. Yeah. And like, it, it's definitely not a complaint. It was just, it's, it's interesting to see the things that they have felt like this is our, our mechanic that we're going to bring back in, in these games. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think the through line through these games is Conker's Bad Fur Day because huh. it takes two feels like it is close. <laughs> to Conker's Bad same. Fur Day? To Conker's Bad Fur Day. I know that this is a weird take and a weird place, but hear me out. I'm re- I'm, I'm here. It is, I wouldn't say crass or blue at any point. Yeah. But it's, it's like close. It gets kind of close, you know, uh-huh. like the, the, the squirrels that are like military men and shit like that. Sure. The, the book that is following you all, 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 all the time. Uh-huh. It's like, I'm not going to say a caricature, but like, you know, get, we're getting close over there. Sure. Yeah. The book of love. The Book of Love, who's like, <laughs> I, like I'm not here to complain about this game, but I could totally do without the Book of Love in this game entirely. <laughs> I do, I do not need him there. But yeah, and like the, the I, I think something that this does, this game does pretty well, and something that is unfortunately also present in Conquer's Bad Fur Day, is the different like genre that it has fun with. Uh-huh. Like each level is essentially a different kind of like either game genre or movie genre. Sure. The first one's kind of just like video games, but the second one, uh, the second area definitely turns into kind of like, not like military, but kind of like World War II-ish thing with yeah. the, the squirrels and the uh, the wasps that are like at war mm-hmm. with each other yeah, and shit right. like that. Mm-hmm. And then the third one kind of goes like sci-fi and shit like that. Mm-hmm so on and so forth. I don't want to ruin the whole game as far as like tone goes, but Conker's Bad Fur Day does that too, where like every, every area is like a new movie. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like this game is like one scene away from doing like a giant poo musical. <laughs> Maybe just a line, you uh-huh. know, uh-huh. which is bizarre. But any, anyway, it's kind of beside the point uh, because like by and large, I feel like most of the draw of this game is the co-op and like mm-hmm. the, the interplay that it has there, which, which I'll say is like very good, very wonderful. Mm-hmm. It, it really starts you slow and doesn't overwhelm either of you. It's just kind of like you both just need to like get over to the other side of this thing. Yeah. And it's kind of just like a jumping game at first. Mm-hmm. But I think when they introduce these specific mechanics that each player has is when the game starts to actually get like very interesting and very novel. Yeah. 
where you'll come into an area and May or Cody will either get like one weird new item Mm -hmm. that they have to use for like, you know, maybe an hour or two. It's kind of a long time. Usually the first one is the the character May gets a hammer head Mm -hmm. and Cody gets like a nail that weirdly feels so much like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Definitely Guardians of the Galaxy. The like whistle that happens feels like Yondu, but it's a Leviathan axe. Yes, it's the Leviathan axe. You you press triangle to like recall it back to yeah. you, which is very funny. Feels good. <laughs> it feels good. That's the thing. Like it feels like they're they're taking from other games, but not in a way that feels like stealing. It's just Liza kind P. of like oh, God damn it, it keeps coming back. Because um, I, I think because they don't base the whole game around it, it's just like here's a thing that we're doing right now that feels maybe like another mechanic, but also like who cares, you know? Yeah. Like the moment where it, it's it's very brief. It happens for maybe a minute where. May is fighting a squirrel on top of a plane and it turns into like just a straight fighting game for a second mm-hmm. where they have like the health bars at the top. Yeah, she's like the approaching him like it's, it's like she's like in, in a fighting stance and everything. Mm-hmm. And there's a full like once you beat him, there's like a KO that comes up in the middle of the screen. Yeah, and shit. yeah. So it feels like they're having fun with game genre, which I really like. I think that that's a cool thing to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the way that they approach co-op is really novel and really interesting in a way that like, I just don't see a lot of games do that very often. Mm-hmm. I think co-op games are usually a game that can be played with two people. And by and large, that experience is what it would be as a single player game just with two people. Mm-hmm. Whereas like this company does seem to be very interested in games that are strictly for two people to play. Yeah, I, I respect that. I do, too. I think it's a cool approach and like definitely highlights some of the things that are cool about video games. Like most of the stuff I've been talking about is mechanical. I haven't really even mentioned the story, which is a thing unto itself. But mm-hmm. the, the mechanics of it are very interesting to like experience with another person. Right. Mm-hmm. And having to express things verbally with uh, another person where usually I'm when I'm playing a game I don't have to say shit I just like know what to do and exactly. do that mm-hmm. versus like having to say out loud like uh, verbalizing the fact that okay I need to go around the back of the wasp and hit it with my goo uh, but oh <laughs> both of us can't go on the rail at the same time because they'll just follow us around and so we can't hit it so mm-hmm. uh, you wait here and try and like not die while I go around the back and then you go after that to shoot it and that that sort of stuff yeah it's fun. It's it's cool. And it does a very good job with difficulty where it's very rare that there's something that we just can't do. You know, it's like way Agreed. too hard or anything. Yeah. And it, it, it definitely ratchets up the difficulty in a very even steady way. Yeah, uh, they do yeah. that. They do that really nicely. Yeah, because it, it, it's true that the if they threw us into the wasp battle right at the beginning of the game, we'd be fucked. Oh. There's no way that that, that yeah, they turn can do the game that. off. I'm out of here. This has ruined my relationship. But they they introduce you to literally just like jumping and moving at first. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I don't know. I think that's pretty good. I, I appreciate what they're doing there. The story's bananas. Uh, it's these mm-hmm. two people who are planning on getting a divorce from each other uh, and they have a kid and they tell that kid we're going to get a divorce and she's like oh okay it's a bummer and then goes and hangs out in i guess their shed and yeah cries and there's some kind of spell or something cast by her via her tears with these two dolls that she's made that are supposed mm-hmm. to be her parents yep and then they're transported into these dolls and the strange book of love tries to mend your relationship is mm-hmm. how this game goes yeah some of that works for me and some of it doesn't i mm-hmm. think like a lot of the the scenes of the parents like fighting in front of the kid that stuff works and feels honest 
Um, yeah. And it's also probably because like I've experienced that sort of shit. And so mm-hmm. it's real to me. Yeah. But the the book of love stuff kind of like undercuts it a little bit. Sure. And I, I'm not saying games shouldn't be silly and also serious at the same time, but I think it, it might just be that character that I don't love. So like, yeah, sometimes the tone is just very strange where they seem to be kind of comfortable being real and honest with one another between May and Cody, the two characters. And then like, just like killing someone or something like that, you know, exactly. like the, there's a section where you fight a beetle and uh, in like an arena with the wasps and afterwards the beetles or you tell the beetle like, Hey, I don't really want to fight you. He's like, Oh yeah, me neither. They just pay me to do this. And I was like, Oh, this is my best friend now. This is, this is the homie. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well, if you take us over to where the the wasp queen is, we'll give you as much nectar as you want. And he's like, okay, great. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, and on the way over, they essentially just like jump off of his head to get into the wasp queen and like let him just fall into a pit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's it the, the game just seems to be very comfortable with having that kind of like irreverence. Yes. Yeah. Irreverent. It's irreverent. Kind it's of, yeah. Kind of cynical take towards like some of the characters in it. And I think that was also maybe an aside to Yoshi. It definitely is. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it's definitely the Yoshi thing in Mario where like you can jump off his head to get there, which is, I think, funny in one way, but also just like it, it adds to this feeling where the game is kind of asking you to be cynical about mm. it. Mm-hmm. And I, I've also just like I, I know how parts of the game end and also know certain beats. And it seems like that is going to continue happening <laughs> yeah. for a lot of the game. And so like it, it it feels a little bit more uneven to me, but not in a way where I'm really seriously being like scream socks or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Again, it just feels like kind of a cousin of Conker's Bad Fur Day, which is a very bizarre thing to experience yeah. in 2024. Yeah, it is. I, I see where you're getting Conker's Bad Fur Day from it, but I don't think it has kind of the ill will and the nastiness of Conker's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely, to me, had a, a tender heart underneath it all. Um, yeah. And yeah. is very clearly in those instances like you're talking about. It's like, this is a fantasy world that these people are in. We don't know if yeah. this is real or it's not. I guess it's alluded to that it's real, but who the fuck knows? But it's it's um, uh, it's unclear for sure. Yeah. So I don't I don't take those instances very seriously. I take them just yeah. for a silly road on a silly a turn on these people's adventure and path towards reconciling. Yeah. Or not. Right. But the, there certainly isn't the like underlying cruelty that is in a lot of conscious yeah. or, or really any of the kind of rare games. It seems like uh, we found that with DK as well, where they're mm-hmm. just like, everybody fucking sucks in here. Everybody's stupid. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I, I definitely agree. It's not nearly as grating. Yeah. Just like some of those moment, moments kind of like took me out of it, whereas I wanted I to be that. in it. And yeah. like, again, every time that they flashback conversations that they've had with the kid or uh, their their daughter comes into their seemingly asleep bodies. I'm not really sure how that works. They're mystically incapacitated. Yeah. And she's like going back and forth between the dad and saying like, hey, I think you should read this book that I got you about being friends with your partner uh-huh. and then going back and telling the mom like, hey, I, I heard dad said he wanted to be friends with you again and shit like that. It's essentially her trying to like mend this relationship for them. That that like works for me. I'm the, like, damn, that is real and cool and interesting. And again, not to say that there shouldn't be humor in this game, but I think it just doesn't land quite as well as the, as the more grounded moments do. I see that. But I feel like if you are going to ask this game to just sit in the intensity of that yeah. relationship the whole game that's not going to be, be fun tough. 
it's not going to be it's not going to be an enjoyable game at that point at least the way that it is now like you can no. make a good visual visual novel out of that yes yeah but i don't think it would be a fun platformer because it would just be Absolutely these two not. people bickering the whole time <laughs> and being sad and angry and like having it out through an actual talk therapy session as opposed yes, to yeah, yeah. working it out through something physical and whimsical and silly and it seems to me i don't know i kind of interpreted it as kind of maybe the 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 young child's view of the of her parents mm. going through these instances together as yeah, opposed yeah, yeah. to it just trying to be this intense story about maritable problems how to fix that and how to get through it together as a family <laughs> and a unit but i see where you're saying it, it can be that the juxtaposition and the the jump that those that they switch between the irreverent fiction and then the very real story yeah. of a young girl going through a traumatic experience is intense uh, an intense change sometimes I, I mostly think it's the kind of comedy that's there because I also mm. agree it would just be The Last of Us Part 3 mm-hmm. if it was no comedy. It would be brutal and like, not a <laughs> yeah. fun experience. The Last of Us Part 3, the zombies are your parents. Yeah, the zombies your dad now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it is the variety of comedy that's in here that like sure. just doesn't it it doesn't bring me any levity. I'm just sort of like, oh God, what are we doing here? Gotcha. Okay. It's not your type of humor. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's just like kind of what what the vibe is. Even still, having a great time. I I, I think the mechanical part of this game is like very fun and very Mm -hmm. cool to play through. So we're going to keep doing it. I thought this game was going to be a lot shorter than it was. We like played a lot of it. It's a long game. It's a long yeah. game. We we played it for a while on Saturday and I was like, oh, surely we we got to be getting close. Essentially, mm-hmm. we had gotten through the first level and we were exiting out onto the tree. And oh, I was like, that's the beginning of the game. Are we done yet? No. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I, I looked it up and there's like, I think, seven chapters and we were at the beginning of chapter two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's nothing. What's M's take on the game? Did she say anything? Just curious. I haven't asked. Yeah, I haven't asked her directly, but she does seem to keep wanting to, wanting to play it. So there must be something there. Once we, I hope, beat it, I'll uh, I'll ask her directly and, and let you know what she thinks. Cool. The third game that I'm playing, David, yes. and by far the most interesting and wildest game that I've played this week uh-huh. is this game called The Making of Karateka. Oh. So I listened to Girl Mode, another good video game podcast that you should listen to, listener. Mm-hmm. And the games that they bring to their show are oftentimes like very different than the shit that we're bringing to ours. And like not in a not in a bad way. They just I think both of them have a high interest in indie games, which is sick. This is also where I got the Anodyne 2 recommendation from, Mm. which like shattered my brain for a little while. Yeah. Um, but they had voted uh, essentially their best game of the year as the making of Karateka. And I was like, I haven't even fucking heard of this game. <laughs> like, I didn't know what this was at all. Mm-hmm. Whereas like most of the other stuff, I'm like, okay, yeah, there's an Alan Wake inclusion in there. And like, here's this other thing or, you know, maybe a game that I had heard of, but didn't play. But this one was like not even close to on my radar, had no fucking clue what it was. And I feel like whenever that, that level of recommendation comes down of like, this was literally my game of the year and I haven't heard of it. There is a, a, a broken part of my brain that's like i have to play this this very instant because like it's essentially someone saying like there is greatness here and you have no idea about it which is Mm -hmm. amazing i'm always very excited about that awesome so full props uh, to girl mode for like just recommending this game because i literally had never heard of it so i will not say that i found this game in the slightest they were the ones that put me onto it Mm -hmm. so what is this game it is a video game documentary is the on paper like kind of what this is okay Uh, If you had told me those words, I don't think I would have imagined what this game is. 
essentially the making of Karateka. It's, it's made by this company called Digital Eclipse, and they are a company that specifically states that they're trying to be like the Criterion collection, but for games, mm-hmm. meaning like we'll collect a bunch of stuff sure. about this game, including the game itself and, you know, the making of it and all this stuff and put it together in a package that's like fun and satisfying and like meaningful unto itself, right? Like it is not just the movie that we're releasing. It's also or the game in this case. It is also this other stuff around it that is like meaningfully different than just the base movie itself. But essentially what this game is, is it tells the story of Jordan Mechner, who is, I think, famous mostly for being the creator of Prince of Persia. Mm hmm. He's like a game designer, game developer that got his start in like the early 80s, essentially. He was making games in like 1982 when he was in college, which is like largely an era of games that I am not as familiar with. Yeah. Like I, you know, I've played Atari and like all that sort of stuff and like played kind of the standout hits. Mm-hmm. But my like analysis of those games is pretty lacking, I would yeah. say. I think it's partially just because like I didn't play those games. Mm-hmm. I was wasn't born until 1990. And so like, yeah. At the earliest, I'm <laughs> playing games. That, yeah, it, it makes it a little bit harder. Uh, so like at the earliest, I'm playing games in like 1995 and absorbing them. But Karateka came out in like 83, I think, somewhere around there. And so not, not even close, right? And I think that they're also games that are kind of hard to contextualize because they look and feel so different from what is coming out right now. Like the, the games industry has just gone so far away from the stuff that you found on Atari, which is like cool, but also hard to put myself in the shoes of someone who's playing this and like their only games that they have played are Asteroids or Pac-Man or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. like real early game shit. But what this game does is that it lays all like a ton of context out about like where games were at. And they mostly do it through this story of Jordan Mechner, where when you pop open the game, it has like five chapters for you. The first chapter, it's like, all right, here is Mechner's first game that he made and shows you uh, the, the like diagrams that he was drawing mm-hmm. and uh, shows you these like interviews that a bunch of people did or like him interviewing his dad is a big part of this one where they're talking about his experience when he was, uh, you know, in college and making these games and shit like that. It, it is. And then the, the I think the coolest thing about this game and the thing that I am shocked that no one has thought of yet is that they on this like timeline that you're walking through, there will be these little uh spots where you can play versions of the games that he was making. Mm. I don't know how they've done this. It's either like (laughs) that he has the code that he wrote and they're just somehow letting you play it or they've recreated what it was like. I don't know which one it is, but it is so wild to be able to be like uh, you're reading about him building like, all right, this was the first version of the game Death Bounce that I was building. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sent it to this company because they were interested in this game that I was making. And they sent it back to me and said, hey, this is kind of boring or we would like these characters to be a little bit different or something. And then they immediately follow that up with a, that build of the game that he sent to it. Wow. Not the game that released that build of it, like the, that version of it. That's cool. And you can play it like you can play that whole video game. And then the, the very next thing will be the correspondence between him and these people of these this game company that he's talking to and then they'll be like and here's the next version that he that he got and it's a lot of the time it's just very small tweaks right like oh uh the the shield system is different in this one now and it again it just kind of like puts the game at the center of this storytelling device which is fucking mind-blowing i can't believe that this is the first game to do this yeah 
And again, it's like kind of a hard thing to do for sure. Right. Because like it seems like Jordan Mechner's a meticulous note taker and like cataloged all this shit. So Mm -hmm. it makes it probably easier to be like, hey, can we have the letter that you sent this weird company in 1982 or your journal that you made in college or whatever? But he has all of that, which makes it a lot more. uh, It's easy to put yourself in that like time and space. Mm hmm. But just the sheer fact or, or the ability to play these different versions of the game is so fucking cool and and something that I just I truly haven't seen before. I, I think it it does a lot of stuff. One, it allows you into the room a little bit with game design in a way that I truly haven't seen anything even come close. I think it's very easy to talk about game design and like what would go better here or what would go worse in a finished product, right? Like when, when you play a game in its complete state, you say, or we say, we do this all the time where um, I would have loved to see this happen, Mm -hmm. but it's such a different thing to have an early version of a game and just iterate and iterate and iterate and see that process of like, okay, I'm going to do this. Uh, that didn't really work. Or the, I think the game is kind of implicitly asking you a lot of the time when you're going back and forth of like, what's working here and what's not. Mm hmm. Again, something amazing that I that happened when I was playing this game called Death Bounce that he made. It's like kind of like asteroids, but you're in a, a, a box. And if you hit the wall, you just bounce off of it. Is that one of the builds that he had, you had to press X to turn on your shield, essentially. So if you're going to collide with someone, mm-hmm. you can hit X. And if you hit them, it w- won't kill you. Mm. But you had it was like a toggle, right? So if you hit it, it would turn on. And then if you let your hand off the X button, it still continued to be on. And then if you want to turn it off, then you would hit the button again. Gotcha. And the very next build that he had, it wasn't a toggle anymore. It was a hold button, right? So you hold X and then the moment you let it off, your shield goes off, which immediately made the game a lot faster because I didn't have to like worry about Mm. going back and hitting the shield button again. It was just like, oh shit, I see something about to collide with me. I'm going to press X right now and then not hit it and then just let it off and go back to shooting the bad guys, which is amazing. I I think that that offers a lens into game design that is just so hard to represent in any other way other than showing you, look at what this feels like to play this game. Mm -hmm. Because there's a million of those decisions that go into making a game where it's like, this doesn't feel good. How, How do I even fix this? Or like, what do I change to make that better? Yeah. Uh, one of the early problems he runs into in Karateka, the main kind of main thing the game is about, which again, a game that I had never played before. It's like a side-scrolling karate beat-em-up game. Uh-huh. A little bit more than just a beat-em-up, but, you know, fighting game. Mm-hmm. He he talks about one of the troubles he was having was uh, the animation didn't look very good, and he wanted it to be kind of cinematic, and so he with his dad figured out essentially how to rotoscope things into video games, which is like what you see that in Prince of Persia too, where like the animations look like that looks like a dude. How did they yeah. do this? It's the same thing. They, they essentially just like filmed his dad running back and forth in the forest on like a super eight camera and then cut it into frames that he could just trace over and uh, like put those traced drawings into the video game. Well, bananas again just so wild that they were able to do that at all but again it's it's very cool to be led into the room of looking at a problem being like how do i even fucking fix this and this the rotoscoping one in particular is like kind of a wild thing that is sort of a leap you know like that that was kind of a technological leap at the time Mm -hmm. you see shit like that in like mortal Kombat and stuff eventually but even just the smaller decisions of like how to fly the plane or what feels good in death bounce to like make the the shoot feel good Mm -hmm. they're small decisions but it just happens all the time and i think that it puts an emphasis on how hard it is to design a game in a way that i just i haven't really seen before i haven't seen it done that effectively 
it's amazing. I can't believe this is the the first time I'm encountering something like mm-hmm. this because I think all the conversations we have about like game preservation and like how fucking bad video games are preserving their own history. Like we're, we're, I feel like for a long time, the bar has just been like, can you just put the games out there? Like, can I have them available to me? Which is like Mm -hmm. such a horrible bar to have because this feels like it is like it exists in the universe where game preservation is a prioritized thing. Yeah. And this is the bar, right? This is the thing where here is a meaningful contribution to a re-release where they have done all these interviews, they've collected all this stuff, they've got all these early builds of the game, and they're like, you know, I think it's underselling it to say it's educational, but it is fascinating to see all this stuff in a way that is specific to the medium, right? Mm Mm-hmm. This doesn't work in any other medium. They're like, how do you do this with film? You know, like you could you could watch early versions of the movie, maybe or early cuts. But I do think it is meaningful to be able to play these kind of bad and unhoned version of the games as a a, a window into how games are made and just like what the process of that is like. It's it's fascinating. What else? Yeah, I I, I just really appreciate it. I, I appreciate all of the context that this game gives me. Again, like I was saying, it is it is hard to, or at least for me, it's hard to put myself in like what was video game making like, or how to like appreciate games from this era, mm-hmm. just because they're so different. But hearing these people talk about like, oh, this game was like cinematic in a in a world where games were not. You know, if I played it, I don't know if that would be the thing I took away from it. But seeing people talk about it and I'm like, oh, I see it. I see what you're saying with yeah. like the the cuts between different characters was like not really a thing that happened very often at the time mm-hmm. or, you know, the the musical themes being tied to certain characters or anything like that is like that is something that I didn't know wasn't happening already. If that Carrick makes any like sense. walk so Particio could run. <laughs> Pretty much, man. <laughs> And so I, I like I, I just think it is an amazing work to to put out there and like, God, I hope do they keep doing this. That's pretty cool. That's a great way of doing a video game documentary because it's an interactive yeah. medium. So why would I want to watch like a movie about it necessarily? Not to say that they can't be good movies, but yeah, it's so much more true to the art form if you do it this way. Yeah, it, it, it I feel like it is able to focus on two things at once with showing you this experience of Jordan Mechner. But also the game is still very focused around the game, right? Yeah. Or the games that he he made. It's it's really, really cool. And God, like it's it's a bummer because now I want this with every single game that I've ever played. And it is just not <laughs> that's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Where's the Kojima love- documentary? Or anything, man, any other game. Because like Karateka, I think, is a, a meaningful game to a certain set of people. But th- again, this isn't something I played before. I would love this for any weird game or any strange video game that I that I haven't played in a long time, or any mm. amazing game, any of them. I'll take any of it. I'm giving you the lies of P1, Chase. I'll play it, man. <laughs> I bet it's very interesting. I would, again, I would crush the lies of P documentary, because oh. I, I want to see the builds where it didn't look like Bloodborne, and they're like, oh, this sucks. We should make it more like Bloodborne. <laughs> you know? Give me more Bloodborne. Do or if it. that was there originally, I don't know. It was just Bloodborne in the beginning. It was just Bloodborne <laughs> with a Pinocchio uh, mod. Yeah, I mean, you know, who knows? We who don't knows? have the insight until fucking Digital Eclipse does the 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 game documentary on it, the making of Lies of P. Did you say insight on purpose? Uh, no, I did not. Hmm. Eyes that's on the inside. The, it's just natural. It's just, <laughs> that's the old one speaking through me. <laughs> 
Anyway, I think this game is astounding and miraculous in a lot of ways that push, I think, the medium forward. I know that that's kind of surprising, and at least to my brain, it is surprising to look at like essentially a documentary as something that is pushing the medium forward, but like it does. It really does. Mm-hmm. I think when I think about games that are like meaningful and like significant in a given year that I am thinking about things that are kind of singular and specific rather than like a game about like a guy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the game he made 40 years ago. But it is. It is really significant. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I think if game preservation is something you're interested in, play this video game. It is just so bizarre and strange and cool in a way that I have not had another experience like it. I think it's really, really good. I played it on Steam. Uh, I think it was like 20 bucks criminally so if you're interested play it shouts out girl mode for shouts out revealing my shortcomings of Mm -hmm. video games that i've played in the last year yeah that's a cool game yeah it's it's really really good can't believe it do you feel like you have extra appreciation for this game because you did have you do have a degree in game design Partially, for sure. Um, I I think that is an interesting thing. But I also think that in doing game design in undergrad and shit like that, part of what I came away with that was like, how do you show what this is? How do you show what game design is? Because it is such a ethereal concept. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's also a hard skill to nail down because you're not like I think people think of game design as having a good idea for a game. And it's definitely that. But I think a thing that is you you do eventually have to learn is like how to iterate and how to take another look at the problem that you're trying to solve in a way that includes like fun and cool Mm -hmm. things happening in a video game rather than just like how do I get from point A to point B in the most, you know, quick way that I can like, no, Mm -hmm. it's. I need to figure out how to get to point A to point B, but also have like a cool soundtrack and make people feel about my video game. Like, God, that is so fucking hard to do. And so part of it is that I do like game design. And I like the, that problem being solved in a video game and showing you that. Mm-hmm. But I think that even a person who doesn't like love to think about game design or even like to think about game design would appreciate this because it is really interesting to see what like how the sausage is made in a certain sense, you know? Yeah. Because I bet a lot of this is very strange or different or maybe something that you wouldn't expect, you know? It it seems to me that the, or at least the way that people respond, that the feeling on the internet is that games are like an idea and then you make it and then you put it out. And that's Mm -hmm. the whole process, right? Yeah. Just do it. Just make the thing. Just do it. Yeah. Like (laughs) it is such a more challenging problem. And, you know, like what, what happens when you build a game and it is to your vision and it's not fun, right? Like how, yeah. how do you solve that problem? That's a, very, that's a very real problem that people interact with. And I think that like most games are like that for a little while mm-hmm. that you build it and you're like, this is not good. How do I fix that? Yeah. And so I think it is something that we would do well to remember because it feels, and again, this may just be me looking into the, the habits of the internet and interpreting too much, but I feel like if people saw the the way that games are made they might be able to take a step back sometimes and be like maybe redfall isn't the worst game you've ever played maybe there were just like a bunch of decisions that led to this point and you're playing the result of that you know i feel like it would take a little bit of the hyperbole off i might be wrong people might still be incredibly hyperbolic about that Mm -hmm. i've definitely been wrong about the internet before (laughs) but yeah I think it's valuable to know that and see how much hard work goes into this. Because like, you know, lazy devs is still a thing you hear on the internet, which is insanity. It's just like not a thing. So you're saying we just need a little bit more understanding, Chase. 
I think where is the love, y'all? People killing, people dying, children screaming, mama's crying. How does the rest of the Black Eyed Peas song go? If you practice what you preach, and maybe <laughs> yes. turn the other cheek. Father, 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 help me with some guidance from above. People got me, got me questioning, where is the fun? Thank you, David. <laughs> Man, that uh, took me back to what seventh grade. Oh boy! Yeah, it's a, that's a real throwback. Watching MTV in the mornings before school. Man. <laughs> anyway, anyways, that would be after the Black Eyed Peas interlude. <laughs> yeah, the intermission with uh, Will I Am. Um, <laughs> David, what are the video games you've been playing? Did you know it's just William with some dots in it? <laughs> anyways, what what have you been playing? <laughs> For God's sake. This is a Black Eyed Peas podcast now, Chase, all right? Yeah, we slipped into the P dimension. <laughs> the P, the P, the P. Lies of the Black Eyed Peas. That's the sequel. Is that what you're telling me? P organ stands for P-E-A. The P organ. Lies of Jesus. the P. <laughs> it's all coming up P now. Yeah, it's that's all true. coming up P now. I ha- I have been playing games. I have been. Okay. You didn't sound too interested in it. No, I want to know what oh, you okay, got. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, still playing Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. We're like 100 hours in and PlayStation on the front on the the home screen it'll tell you how much of the main story missions you have done and I only have 75%. I'm just like, "Well, boy, this is going to be <laughs> a big beefy game uh when sure. all is said and done." But it's still so good. Every single I'm I'm always so shocked when a new door opens and I'm in a new vast underground area or gigantic yeah. castle or a mansion and how things just keep going and how there's mm-hmm. new characters, new named characters with lives and and <laughs> and voice dialogue. Yeah. information on them that I can access by pressing square and just looking at who they are and what they do. It's just insane, this game. This game it defies logic yeah, of it how it can exist. Like, how does this exist? Did they make a deal with Raphael to make this game? Maybe. I would not be surprised <laughs> yeah, uh, if they did. But man, just all the different story beats are coming together in a very nice way at this point. I think I was talking about earlier how when you get to Baldur's Gate, it's just overwhelming it's a lot yeah what is going on there but now that i've gotten through some of the other like big side quests with the with the party uh characters and have filled out the map more it's becoming much more knowable the city i'm like okay i know how to get there from here and i can go through this back alley to cut through um to get to this spot so you're i'm really starting to feel like i'm a a local now you know i I moved there like a month ago i'm trying to finally get enough feel for the streets and the people oh my god um so it's it's funny how that is actually kind of the feeling yeah, uh, to be honest because it is such a dense area that they have created yeah. in Baldur's gate and man some of the some of the story beats even like the side story beats that are going on right now are significant and yeah. fascinating and interesting and i don't want to spoil anything but man is it is it good and cool when there's like a good character reveal mm, my uh, god yeah that's really that's really nice i think you probably know the one i'm talking about i probably do yeah so yeah still really enjoying that game somehow the combat is still good it's shocking which is crazy like a hundred hours in it's still engaging (laughs) to use all of my characters even like if you get bored with one character you just swap them out for somebody else and then you have to upgrade them you have you get excited about being able to do a new (laughs) spell with gale you get to equip the the new uh staff you got like 10 hours ago because you didn't have anyone who needed a staff so now you get to play around with that there's just Mm -hmm. always something new to engage with that keeps you going and interested and engaged with it and it's it's just incredible what they have what they have crafted it's nuts yeah yeah it's it's still 
I'm and I'm already I'm thinking like man, seventy five percent through. I got to start thinking about my next playthrough. Who am I going to be? <laughs> I'm going to be some weird little freak. That's all I know. I'm going to create some yeah. little monstrosity, and it's going to be it's going to get weird. It's going to get really weird. I think. I started a uh, a dark urge character recently. You were saying that, yeah. Yeah, very fun. Is very the good. urge to purge satisfying? Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's a, it's a very different playthrough than the normal one, which is amazing. Some again, the game is still good. It's it's shocking. Yeah. Also, when you bring Gale back out and you realize that you've been playing him wrong the whole time, because when you do a big AOE attack, you have to yell Gale like AWOL Nation says sail. Mm, yeah, sure enough. Yeah, I've much been more enjoyable to play Gale. <laughs> <laughs> much more enjoyable. Feel free to insert that clip when I say that. Yeah, of course. I will. I will. So yeah, it's just excellent game. I know probably not the most engaging for people to listen to. Hey, Baldur's Gate 3, did you know it's good? Did Uh, you know? Did you know? Have you heard about this little indie game? Mm -hmm. But uh, I think the game that I've been having a more interesting personal relationship with recently is that I've, I've dived back into Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm back in sure. it. I, I got I got a bunch. Uh, I got a couple games for Christmas, and I'm like, oh, I'll yeah. finish the game I got for Christmas last year before I dive into those. Yeah. So I'm back in it, and I have such a I'm having such a mixed experience with this game, and it's sure. hard for me to put my finger on it. And I think it's a it's a multifaceted issue going on with this game. Okay. So I think the biggest thing that gets me with this is that the combat is so different than the first game, even though it doesn't seem like it at first. Sure. You have all the same like abilities and weapons and, and everything, but they've made it so much more deep. Yeah. They've added so much more nuance to it that it becomes unmanageable uh, for me, at least. It just becomes sure. confusing. And it, they do that thing that is probably one of my biggest pet peeves in games. They give you crucial information in little teeny tiny text bubbles on the screen. And I... <laughs> so tough. It just it just irks me. It's yeah, like, if it's yeah. really important information for like the combat and everything, make it make it readable. Like, make it easy for me to read on my, yeah. on my TV. Like, you have a lot of space to work with here. Because the first game was just so lean in the combat. Mm-hmm. It really, it really went for the feeling of being a quick, decisive hunter. Yeah. Whereas this one almost feels more akin to like the Witcher. There's a lot of preparation. That's true. Yeah. For these battles, because you're going there and like, these are big monsters that you're fighting and they're intimidating. And mm-hmm. also they are, they take way more damage to kill than in the first yeah. game if you're not fighting them the correct way right mm-hmm. so you it takes away it it adds depth but takes away freedom of combat mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which i am railing against a little bit because <laughs> i just kind of want to use my bow i want to upgrade my bow and i just want to i just want to destroy everything with the one bow sure because also i get i get overwhelmed with the variety of weapons too like should mm-hmm. i use my nora bow is the frost hunter bow better is the fire <laughs> hunter bow better now there's like a pyre bow that also yeah. does fire damage there's like these little tiny warrior bows that do close-up damage. Yes. Uh, yeah. And just the use case for each one of those is nebulous. And I don't know what to use when. And yeah. I would just wish that they would, instead of making it be so specific on how and when I should be using these, mm-hmm. give me the ability or the uh, the freedom to choose my play style that I like and just kind of rock one of those Mm. for most of the game. Sure. Because otherwise it becomes this unruly uh, radial menu mess that is just kind of a bear 
to to deal with when i yeah. but i really just kind of want to zoom around zip around hide shoot jump glide and and rinse and repeat sure yeah so having a trouble some trouble with the combat but i will say that they really did make it deeper and if someone is looking for that very deep witcher like experience where you really mm-hmm. kind of have to sneak scan go out craft choose which weapons you want to equip to your quick menu for this battle that's yeah. excellent but it's just not what made horizons gameplay sing for me mm-hmm. sure but i am enjoying the story which is funny because i feel like the story is the thing that com- people complained about the most from what i saw online granted i'm not too far into the game at least i don't think i am yeah but i'm i'm enjoying some of the beats that are in this uh yeah is it feel like sometimes they have decided to go back on something they said in the past game to to make this new kind of reveal happen here a little bit Mm -hmm. sure but i do i do enjoy where it seems like the game is going and i do like the interplay between aloy and silence yeah who are much presents presented as being much more similar in this game I really like that. Yeah, I like that they are not even two sides of the same coin, but just kind of like the same coin, but in a different light, (laughs) (laughs) if that makes sense in a lot of ways. And I, and I mentioned earlier when I was playing this game that I didn't care for how she was treating her friends. And I do think that they are kind of laying the groundwork for her to have kind of a reckoning with that as since you've gotten some information that Elizabeth Sobeck had also that same kind of propensity to not really engage in friendships but to just engage in professional like achievement with other individuals around her right yeah which i think for me personally is a hard type of person to want to root for because i love yeah. my, my friends and i feel like yeah. things are better when you are, are trying to do them as a group mm-hmm. or a team and the whole hero complex that aloy has right now is a little grating on me but i'm curious to see how once again it it continues to evolve and if she changes uh, mm-hmm. in in how that's presented throughout the game yeah i feel like they're going towards that um and i'm excited to see how that happens sure but yeah it's a and it's an interesting game it's an interesting game and I, I do think it also suffers from you know just the bloat of large games of its ilk right there's just yeah. so much to do it's it becomes a little overwhelming for me but man this game one other thing i will say that is, is amazing about this game is it looks so good it yeah. has some of the best environments and like weather effects i think i've ever seen in a game it is lovingly crafted and i really like the bit of traversal that the glider adds even though it's not as inspiring as like the glider from Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Um, It's a much shorter distance you can glide, but it is nice to be able to do that. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm having, I'm, I'm all over the place on this game. At some points when I'm playing, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is kind of, I'm kind of grokking it now. And then I just get like my ass handed to me. I'm like, okay, that didn't feel great. (laughs) That didn't work. (laughs) That didn't work. But yeah, did you, did you beat this game? I, I don't remember. No, I did not. Yeah. I'm just, I was just curious to see if you got, how far you had gotten in it. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I want it to click for me more and I'm hoping that it will happen. But I also just turned down the the difficulty to story mode level. So I'm like, man, these dinos take a lot of damage in this game. I was going to yeah. suggest that before you even said it. I was like, eh, just kick it down. Just make it not yeah, as hard. I kicked it down from normal to just story mode. Um, and I'm like, okay, this is kind of more the experience I'm wanting. But it feels like they, yeah. they wanted to expand on the game by making more crafting and... RPG elements, 
Sure. But it's made it very grindy for me. Sure. In that yeah. respect too. So yeah, that's fair. So it's it's interesting. I think it's a it's a great world and a great story with some 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 real flaws, I think. But sure. I'm yeah. s- I would still say overall I'm having a good time with it. I don't mm-hmm. think any of these issues are bad necessarily. And I don't think mm-hmm. if Horizon Zero Dawn was so good yeah. that these would have be as much of an issue for me in this game because it's mm-hmm. it, it just makes me feel like, oh man, it's just, it, there's just it's hard for me to not compare it to the first game. Whereas it's really totally. actually trying to be pretty different than the first game is. It's much more of like an RPG yeah, than the first one was. It's sort of sneaky in that way. Like it, it very much looks like a similar game, but there's a lot of stuff that they changed. Yeah. It feels more like Zero Dawn is the original Assassin's Creed and this is Odyssey. Yeah. They jumped forward super duper far. They really, they really added a lot of depth to everything. Uh, And it's a little shocking. (laughs) <laughs> to say the to say the least sure yeah but still i'm still i'm I, I know i had a lot of complaints to say about this game just now <laughs> but overall i would still say i'm having an enjoyable time and i yeah, am totally. on the road to beating this game because of i think just how good the story is and how i want to see how the characters evolve yeah so there is still a lot to to enjoy and love about this game uh it's just hard if you are a big fan of the first game Mm-hmm. with with the changes that have happened so yeah it's just I, i'm just all over the place i'm all over the place with this one i feel like that game yeah it it brings that response out of a lot of people myself included yeah. like i i liked it and i was having a good time but yeah it was definitely more uneven than i felt like the first one was yeah uneven i think is a good good way of saying it and the difficulty is uneven too i think yeah it can really kick your ass like i'll just get one shot at sometime like i'm killing it i'm doing great i'm laying traps i'm, I'm running around i have no what what ammo to use and then this velociraptor just like comes out of nowhere and just talons me to death i'm like oh i mean that's that is fair that is what would happen to me if i did get hit <laughs> like that by a giant robotic velociraptor but yes yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel great in a video game yeah no i'm with you but yeah so that's where i am on that one and the other game i've been playing i've been playing need for speed underground 2 hell yeah it's fun i never really played this one when it came out on ps2 oh, really? i don't think I, I don't think i knew that yeah i i was i was need for speed underground one i think i might have like owned number two but i for some yeah. reason I, it was one of those games probably one of my christmases where i just got way too many video games to like sure. comprehend and i just never really touched it mm-hmm. or maybe it like back then the, the open world might have been a bit too new for me as uh, <laughs> compared to the first one sure but I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, it's It runs very well. I, the racing still feels good. I'm trying to... I want to play one of the newer Need for Speeds and kind of be like, okay, what? why is Need for Speed Underground still feel so much better than the new ones? Although you liked the the most recent one, didn't you? Uh, Yeah. Unbound, I think. Uh, Yeah. Unbound. Yeah. I, d- I did like it, but honestly, I think that was because it kind of felt like Underground in a lot of ways. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something that they nailed about the physics and the weight of the car and the city and how you just control it. That's hard yeah. to put, once again, hard to put my finger on, but I would be interested to play one of the, the newer games and see if there's a comparison, an interesting comparison I can make. But I, I think a lot of it is the weight of the cars. They feel so heavy in, yeah. in underground in I'm a really way. really wrestling against this vehicle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 It feels arcadey, but that's like the one realistic little bit that they put in there. Like mm-hmm. this is a, a death machine that you are driving around. Yeah, uh, so you, you have really to have to make here. sure that you're turning the correct way. Otherwise, yeah. you're going straight into the wall. But yeah, Open City is great. The story, the story is so silly. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it really feel, feels very much like a uh, Fast and the Furious movie. Mm-hmm. Early ones, not where they get like insane and save yeah. the world and stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm interested to play this game 
some more and i'm always just a sucker for a racing game i always just love having a like a one racing game going at a time just so i can jump in do some races and jump out they're just so not bingeable but like if you just want a little bit a little quick hit of of gaming just jump in do a race and you're out and you're good no i'm with you yeah it's Mm -hmm. a very fun like iterable game to just get in there yeah absolutely and that's everything i've been playing this week hell yeah hell yeah let me ask you this yeah do you have something fueling your sense of optimism this week david i don't know if this is unique to games but i mentioned it a little bit earlier but a good character reveal yeah totally is always so satisfying or like a secret identity reveal as well Mm -hmm. uh is also great baldur's gate comes to mind for two of those i won't say what the secret identity is but sure uh, a character introduction i should say like when minsk gets introduced and he just busts out of that mimic chest yeah that was excellent that was beautiful storytelling yes great character I think I said this last week. Really love Misa Minsk. Mm-hmm. Just insane human being. But always just love it when they take time to kind of have a little bit of pomp and circumstance when a new interesting character who you know is going to be important to the story is introduced. Yeah. 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 I feel like the goat of this is the chic reveal in mm. Ocarina of Time. Sure. Because they really let you linger on Sheik, you not really knowing who Sheik is for uh-huh. a while. Uh-huh. That's very true. Plus, like, it, it feels like the whole time you're like, I'm trying to save, like, this helpless princess, but, like, nah, dog. Mm-hmm. She's here. She's still been here. Or a KOTOR with Darth Revan. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. That shit rocks. It's very good. Shit rocks. When you said shit falls apart earlier, I was laughing. And it's because yeah. I thought of shit falls apart by Chinua Achebe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The famous book. Famous book. So just let you know, that's why I was laughing when you said that. <laughs> the the famous book, Shit's Fucked. Shit's Fucked. <laughs> um, anyways, Chase, is there something feeling your potimist, potimistic thing? Oh, what, what the fuck do I say here? Do you have anything you feeling say? your potimism of the week? Is that it? Uh, yeah, sure. That's fine. <laughs> it gets the point across. You seen this kid who beat Tetris, David? Oh, yeah, I did. That shit rocks. I didn't know that was a thing you could do. Me neither. I think a lot of people didn't. Like, it was a, you had to use a tool for a long time to do it. Like, computers found that you could do it. And then they're like, no human has. And then this one random 16 year old was like, what if I did? And then he did. That shit's so good. The The video of him doing it for the first time is magical of just like seeing that he did it, losing his mind and then being like, you can see the realization that like nobody's done this before. This is just mm-hmm. him. God, so good. I loved it so much. Questions. How long did it take him and how was he doing it? Was he doing it like on the Game Boy? It was on the NES, I think, if I remember correctly. The NES. Yeah, I don't I don't remember the runtime, but it can't be very short. He had like over like a, I think it's a million points or something, which is nuts. But the 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 Tetrim nose were coming down real quick. I believe <laughs> so it. So very fast, I have to presume. So what is what happens when you beat it? Does it just stop? Yeah, it locks up. That's how that's how you know. That that's how you know you won. It just locks yeah. up. Dang. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. It's like the the kill screens and shit in uh, like Pac Man. Mm-hmm. Like where you it, like you can't go any further at this point, so it's like sure. a done a done deal. Yeah, yeah. This this is the end of that. So it was amazing. I, I really loved watching it. Do you have anything feeling your sense of pontinism for the week? Yeah, that's what did you it, say? Isn't it? I don't know. I was just saying some word garbage. <laughs> People got it. They People know what's going it. on in this section. People get it. Hey, do you want to move on to our main thing, David? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Hey. 
Hey, welcome to Good Games. It's a segment where we talk about the okayest <laughs> games of yesteryear and gush all the things that we love about them. Got a yet another listener suggestion mm-hmm. this time for uh, I would say a pretty beloved game. Yeah, there's definitely a, quite the the following for this one. Yeah, uh, I would say myself included. I was kind of a like a, a, a big a big fan of this game back in the day. You're a Diddy head. I was a Diddy head. Um, we're of, car- of course talking about Diddy Kong Racing. Um, this one was suggested to us uh, by listener and brother-in-law, Brian. Hi, Brian. Oh. Um, hey, Brian. Uh, he suggested to play this one quite a while ago, actually. I think the, this suggestion came also with the Jedi Dark Alliance or whatever that game was that we played, which like I think was an actual calendar year ago at this point. So, Whoa, really? We're working on it. We get to these games in the order that makes sense. So thank you for your patience, Brett. <laughs> had, you, you, had you played this game before? I rented this game for a week uh, okay, for yeah. a 10 day back when I was a child from good old Blockbuster. Yeah. So I play, I played it, but I played it like I was renting it for a week from Blockbuster. Sure. Yeah. That, that meaning that uh, I kind of played it. <laughs> Didn't really <laughs> yeah. get super into it. Yeah. I played it for like a weekend and that was about it. Sure. I remember loving the planes. The planes were cool. Flying. Planes very cool. Flying in any capacity in the N64 era was a feat. It was a rarity. Uh, yeah. And you would you enjoyed it when you got it. It's true. I, I don't remember how I played this game. I did, though. I don't know if it was like I owned it or a friend had it or something, but mm-hmm. like I had access to it for sure. Yeah. And, and I, I'm pretty sure I played a fair amount of it because like some of these songs triggered a response for me. <laughs> Um, specifically the one where you're racing the Triceratops for the first time. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. A good, a good track, but I was like, oh no, I've rage quit to this song before. I remember this. <laughs> the, the, the taste of Sprite and the anger of a young boy filled your, filled your soul. <laughs> the, the hate of a, of a nine year old or whatever. Uh, Hey, but before we get too far, can I hit you with a few hot stats, David? Yes, please. Hot stats. Hot stats. Uh, so this game came out November 24th of 1997. So a pretty early N64 game, all things considered. Um, this was pre-Banjo-Kazooie, despite the fact that Banjo is in this video game. It's it's interesting. There's This is the, the uh, first showing for a lot of characters, isn't it? It is. It, it like It's very bizarre because uh, this is something Brian actually brought up when he had, uh, I had asked him for a comment. He was mentioning essentially something to the effect of like, it felt like there were a lot of characters in here that like were already established people and like maybe we just didn't know about it like it there was a suggestion of more lore behind bumper the turtle you know like sure but only uh, it only some of them had like actual games that were planned for him some of them were just like yeah it's just a character we came up with hmm. so yeah uh, that that was that was a thing uh, it was made by Rare. Um, you'll recognize them True. as the makers of a lot of video games, but in this era, it was the DK64 is your Banjo-Kazooie's and the through line, David. Conquer's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> this is the Conquer episode. This is Long the Conquer episode. Long time coming. People are going to be bummed out when uh, I somehow try to fit Conquer's Bad Fur Day into the title and we do not really <laughs> cover that game at all. Have we done Conquer's for the cast before? No, I don't think so. I don't know. Dude, I don't know if I can. <laughs> that game is a lot. That was like one of your favorite games. That was like one of your top five games for a while. Yes. I was crazy about that game at the time, which like, why was a, a child of this age playing Conker's Bad Fur Day? But my dad rented for me from Blockbuster and then my mom saw me playing it and she's like, absolutely fucking not. Get this, get this smut out of my house. <laughs> Listen. I was definitely able to distinguish that this is not how people act and violence is not great and like boobs exist. But like, I think 
not letting you at this game was probably a good move by by Lisa. Yeah. I mean, this is true. I was a young child. I was a young child. I think you got to be hitting double digits in age before you play Conker's Bad Fur Day. I don't... It's like, there's a lot of shit in there that needs contextualization. Sure does. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just shouting some weird shit. Unless you're the kind of parent who's like, son, we're, today we're going to sit down and I'm going to explain to you all these jokes in Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> Go line by line through the Great Mighty Pooh's musical section. Yep. And after that, we're going to have a long chat about how to file your taxes. <laughs> You're a man now, son. Okay, so uh, Joe Video, our normal reviewer of games, did not have a hand on this ball. Mm. And so uh, normally what happens is with these reviews is that I run them through Google Translate a number of times, eventually arriving back out in English. That's shocking. They don't have a review of DK Diddy Kong Racing. I was surprised by that too. Huh. I was also surprised. Banned in France. <laughs> I I did find a review from the outlet Video Games, which mm. I think it was originally in German. But Video Games, I believe, is what Joe Video means in French. So it sort of feels so. like we're 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 on a similar vibe. I will say there's there's a couple of pretty blue moments in this review. And All right, I'm ready. We just we just need to accept it and and move through and experience the 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 translation in its full effect. Chase Blue Wallhart over here. <laughs> uh, so I will review what video games had to say for you. DKR, a four player mode without interruptions. What kind of game? Adventure Attack GP, nothing beats single player and racing and time trial. Diddy Kong Racing will keep you on edge for long periods of time. <sighs> now, with two critics of his confusion and the other is a simple MK64. While the MK64 is simple, the lowest point is likely to mark every track and race without having to build it from scratch. If you look at it that way, a great board course is often a real reward for hardcore players. DKR is not very difficult, and the perception of difficulty is always. This aspect does not dominate our overall positive feelings. In every game, good experiences turn bad. And they gave that a 9.5 out of 10. Nine, so they really that liked sounded it. sounded like it was not going to be good. <laughs> they were like waxing poetic in <laughs> in a way that I was expecting them to be not very good. Yeah. The, the, what, the, the perception of difficulty is always? Is that what it said? <laughs> it seemed like there was just a missing part of that sentence. Yeah, there was no ending <laughs> to that sentence. The perception of difficulty is always. That's <laughs> just nothing. Doesn't mean anything. That's great. I love that. Uh, so that was that was video games take on, on Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, David, what 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 is this game? Uh, Diddy Kong Racing is a kart racing game, but instead of the Mario universe, it is the Donkey Kong Diddy Kong universe. Yeah, pretty much. It's the lies of P of Mario Kart. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> just every time. <laughs> But no, it actually is actually pretty different than a Mario Kart game. The biggest difference is that, or I guess there is a couple big differences. First is mm -hmm. that you can do an adventure mode where you have an open world and you go to different areas to uh, access different courses. So it's interesting that to differentiate from a Mario Kart game, they make it more like Mario 64 and just uh, give you a little overworld to explore to go and get, get to different racetracks, essentially. Yeah. And also, you have three different modes of transportation. It's not just a kart game. It is a racing yep. game. It's not Diddy Kong <laughs> kart racing. It is Diddy Kong racing because you have a kart, a plane, and a hovercraft uh, that you can switch between whenever you want or whenever, you, I guess, you hit the genie, the elephant genie. Yeah. You can switch. And then each, sometimes, the uh, specific races ha require you to use a specific mode of transportation. But that's 
those are the big things. Oh, and then also if when you get through a all the courses on a level, on a certain area, I should say. So like there's one area that is all dinosaur themed. Once you beat all those levels, you yes. race the triceratops around the mountain. Mm-hmm. And that's like the boss fight for the area. <laughs> yes. Which is which is fun. I enjoy I enjoy the boss fights. You can you can really see shades of their other games here, despite those games not being out yet. It's true um, at yeah. this point, right? Like the the level approach in this game, similar to Banjo Kazooie, where you like go in there with the specific intent of collecting in in this game's case, like these golden balloons mm-hmm. that will then allow you to unlock other races, right? Yeah, which is really a departure from how like the the bit the other big kart game at the time, Mario Kart, mm-hmm. was doing it. Whereas they were very much just the like Dark Souls of here, kart games, the Dark Souls of kart games, of course. <laughs> but, Oh, sorry. Sorry. The Bloodborne of card games. I apologize. <laughs> the Lies of P of, of card games. No, that would be this uh, game, wouldn't it? It would be this game. Yeah. So this, was, this came out after Mario Kart, right? I think so. Yeah. I think Mario Kart was a launch title. Yeah. But yeah, so Mario Kart, like it, it just launched you into a menu, which allowed you to select a race rather than being able to like drive yeah. around and, and mm-hmm. choose, mm-hmm. which again, feels like Banjo-Kazooie. It feels like those, those games where you go and like wander through the hub world uh-huh. or whatever, which personally I liked. I think that this like it's, it's a fool's errand to, to to compare those two games because like they're so different in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I kind of like the approach of this kind of open world a little bit more just strictly menu based racing and stuff like that. I see that. I think it's fun. I think it like ties the game together a lot more than just like here's what we're going to do. And Diddy Kong also has that version of the game. Like you can just go you race the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it does add something to have a quote unquote adventure mode, mm-hmm. which is something I remember liking at the time and still do like, which is cool that it, it still kind of holds up because other than like Forza Horizon, there's not a lot of stuff like this. I guess you could count Need for Speed Underground in that same way where like yeah. you go, you race around town between races. And was it the um, Burnout Paradise? That was also an open yes. world racing game. Yeah, true. It's cool. I, I, I like a lot of those games for that reason. It, it feels like the world is like alive still mm-hmm. outside of the race. Yeah, absolutely. I think it works. Mm-hmm. I did just enjoy like flying around and like it gives yeah. you an area to kind of explore how the different vehicles work and how the different characters control also, mm-hmm. which I think is nice to be able to get a feel for those outside of a race where the stakes are a little lower, right? Yeah, for sure. They also like kind of reward you for doing that. Like you can mm-hmm. find hidden balloons and shit like that. Yeah. Just kind of scattered across the island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I think the racing is pretty good. Yeah. It's like a little squirrelier than, than Mario Kart 60 was but yeah i think it's neat i i think it feels pretty good like once you get acquainted with it yes it does take a second though to like adjust yeah i would say that the it's it's always hard for me to judge whether or not a different arcade like kart racing game is good or not as far as the controls go because mm-hmm. the, the my my brain always goes straight to play this like you play mario kart mario and kart, if it doesn't yeah. play like that then something is wrong sure um, yeah. as opposed to no this just plays differently right yeah so you know it's kind of like lies of p and, Bl- and bloodborne in that regard <laughs> but it's uh it 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 is like like you said more squirrely i would say you can yeah you can burn out if you are uh or skid out if you drift for too long yeah which uh coming from mario kart i'm like how dare you <laughs> <laughs> and i did find it at least when you enter your your drift a little difficult to pick up and aim your your cart like hit items specifically i was missing items all over the place yeah yeah but yeah once you like you said once you once you get the hang of it 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 becomes it it feels it starts to feel good yeah yeah totally it's different 
<laughs> it feels very different, but uh, I, I think it does end up feeling like pretty good. Pretty good. Again, it's it is challenging to compare, like you said, I think because like nobody has done it as well as Mario Kart has and Mario mm-hmm. Kart continues to do it very well. Yeah. Like today, you know? Yeah. It's not like one of these abandoned genres that like you just don't really find anymore. It's like, no, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe like absolutely beats ass and is still around. It has and for so like it's a decade like, now. Yes. Yeah, true. So it's hard to compare those two, but I I, I do think it still feels pretty good. Brian had mentioned that uh, he was a uh, bumper, the character, and hovercraft main mm. Uh, mm. In, in this game. Sure. Uh, and I, I also really liked the hovercraft this it time. Felt, I think it feels good. It feels pretty good. I, I think like the, the plane was big for me when I was younger. Like uh-huh. I liked playing as the plane when I was young. I think just because like not very many video games did planes yet. Exactly. It was, it was a, a very kind of big moment if you had air travel <laughs> that you could control yeah. in the game. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, in, in hindsight, it feels like the hovercraft is like more interesting. It feels better to, to play. Yeah. And I think especially when you're able to just kind of like skirt across any liquid that the mm. game presents you feels good. very fun feels yeah. very good yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's all very good it's interesting to play this now and and uh brian had mentioned this too that like i think at the time at least for me too that there was this perception that the more shit you had in a game the better it was we've talked about this before yeah. with i think most recently the sonic adventure 2 thing where it's mm-hmm. like dude six characters what yeah that like yeah. that is a selling point for the video game mm-hmm. that the variety is something that draws people in and I get why that was the case at the time, right? Because like we're so used to playing a game where you have one character that does one thing, mm-hmm. but being able to offer like, hey, not only is there a cart, but there's a hovercraft and a plane, dude. Like that's crazy at the yeah. time. And he had mentioned that like, I'm, I'm quoting at this point, looking back a three more discerning eye, bigger is not always better, but when you're seven, it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I feel that playing through this game where... Some of it feels a little unfocused in a way that Mario Kart feels focused of like, sure, we're just we're just we're just focusing in on the kart racing, y'all. Mm-hmm. But it really was a selling point at the time of just being able to do a bunch of different shit. I think that this game gets not I wouldn't say lucky, but it's good that the hovercraft also feels good. Yeah. The plane is like, okay, I'm not crazy about the plane, mm-hmm. but it's good that the the cart and the hovercraft at least feel pretty good because it makes it feel a little bit less like they're just doing as much as they can as often as they can. Yeah. I feel like the plane feels good when I'm banking, but it doesn't yes, feel yeah. good almost any other time. <laughs> <laughs> like a very sharp turn feels good. Yes. Yeah. When you're the, you'd fully pushing the control stick over and like moving around a turn. I think the vertical movement felt kind of like squirrely for me. I don't know if I would say squirrely, but it felt a little imprecise. Yeah. 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 Similar thing where I'm like, I'm not really ever sure where I'm going to end up yeah. in my turn. Yeah. Or is it the other ones I did? I did kind of feel like I, I get this. Mm-hmm. I think the hovercraft like also just played on my appreciation of wave race 64. Oh, sure. Ooh, felt pretty good. <laughs> That's good in, one. in a similar way. Yeah. Inter- interesting game. I will mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. I I so I'm of a, of two minds of of the kind of collection stuff that they have going on in it. Yeah, I think that on one hand, the stuff where you go back and you have sort of the different challenges in each level, mm-hmm. I like that. I think that that's a cool way to kind of lengthen the game without making it feel like a slog, at least initially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That said, the game gets so hard <laughs> as you go uh, yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, they really oh increase the difficulty God. pretty quick. <laughs> Yeah, I played through the fir- the whole first level, the like uh, the, the dinosaur, dinosaur land, yeah. 
Yeah. And I was like, I must be misremembering this because I remember it being so challenging. Mm-hmm. And, and and not only that, I have a very specific memory of playing this game with one, my dad. And oh. uh, I witnessed for the first time in my life, my father rage quit the game. <laughs> it's like, he's just a man. <laughs> Honestly, it was, a, it was a little bit of that moment where I'm like, <laughs> he's fallible, just like me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He, we were doing like, he was getting frustrated because I knew how to do the trick at the beginning of the map where if you press the gas at the right time, you get a little boost. Uh-huh. He couldn't do it. Just simply could not do it. I was trying to teach him. I kept restarting the race over and over again to be like, okay, you press it on one, two, three, and then hold it down and then you'll get it. And like, we had to have done it like five or 10 times. And then at the end of it, he didn't get it one last time. He's like, fuck it. And then just like put the controller down and walked out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, dude. I guess That's it. how I felt. I felt That's that way too. That's how I felt. I, I've been here. You know this. We're the same for real, for real. Yeah, he just like me. He just like me. <laughs> <laughs> but I like, again, I, I remembered it being really challenging and wasn't experiencing that at first, but then they slowly start introducing the, the kind of secondary challenges, right? Like after you win a race, then you get introduced to like the silver coin challenge where you have to collect all these coins and win if you want to like coins, get- man, they're rough. <laughs> The first few weren't too bad. Not too bad. I was like, okay, right. I'm kind of rocking it. Like I'm doing okay. But then they start putting the coins in weird places yeah. where it's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to like, like, excuse me, how do I get that? <laughs> how do I get that? How do I have a good lap and also get this? Yeah. Like, how am I also going to continue doing well? Mm-hmm. The answer is you don't. You just have to like do really good on the other uh, parts of the uh-huh. uh, the race. You're just getting a one a one lap handicap, essentially. Yes. Yeah. This also happened with the Triceratops race. Because like I said, when I heard the music, I'm like, oh my God, like I have been frustrated on this level before. First time, the the like first run, you you race him. I think twice. First time, beat him on the first go. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just like a pro gamer now. Maybe that's what happened uh-huh. in the interim. And then I realized the you have to race him again after you get a bunch of shit. Yeah. And my man is not fucking around the second time you race him. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> it was Does really he really hard. He moves faster, and there is significantly more shit going on in the level. Oh man! The first time you do it, like it's it's kind of like it's not too bad, but there's like shit falling on the on the ground. Like the trees are in a lot more precarious positions if you run into the triceratops he just completely flattens you which like totally fucks up your whole run dang it's hard it's like truly very hard and so it's interesting to play this game in in 2024 because like this is this is a kid's game for all intents and purposes this this is a kid's game uh and they are not pulling their punches no in the way that i would expect them to yeah i don't know if that is good or bad it's just simply a fact that this game is incredibly difficult Mm -hmm. just is what it is yeah i it, it feels sort of like a way to lengthen the game, which I remember people liking that it didn't feel very short. Like you could really get a lot of legs out of this game because like you, you'd keep playing adventure mode, but I wonder how much of that was just like the game is so hard that like, of course it's going to be lengthy. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Brian had mentioned too, that he wasn't ever able to uh, ever beat whiz pig. The, uh, the name of the big bad, um, mm-hmm. who is a wizard wizard pig as you might, might've put together <laughs> the last of P of Canondorf. Oh my God. <laughs> That was the last one, I promise. (laughs) 
but uh, he he had like essentially heard like playground rumors of somebody being able to beat him, which was like a legend at this point. Mm. And again, I understand it because like the first time you fight him is hard enough. But like if you actually go through the process to beat him in like outer space land or whatever, it is so hard to do. Like Mm -hmm. seriously, I I, like I never beat him either because I was like, no fucking way. Am I going to be able to do this? Real gamer credit if you could do it. I got to try again. I wonder if I could do it. Let me just give a quick shout out to the soundtrack, David. Yeah. Most of it's very good. I really like a lot of it. And I also realize that I'll find myself sometimes humming the like main menu theme song. Mm-hmm. The that thing. Love it. Really good. into that. But uh, I, I would love to focus in a little bit. Uh, Jungle Falls from, mm. from Diddy Kong Racing. Let me let me uh, share my screen so we can take a look yeah, at this here together. That's got some uh, some urgency to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, that's a that's a nice that's a nice addition there. Just keep layering shit on. They don't make them like they used to. <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever hear about these like experiments where somebody who is like they don't have a a like sense that like people typically do like one of the five senses they don't they don't have one of the five senses like they're blind or they're deaf. Sure, yeah. And uh, like deaf people often say that who gain hearing later in life that they're like surprised that the sun isn't loud you know, Whoa. or shit like that. But there's like, I, I, I read this one recently about uh, blind people who, when they gain the ability to see later, and this is kind of a recent development because that, that, that's like a hard technology, that the feeling of a ball and a square, like literally the shapes, like you, you they weren't able to identify them just by sight. That like the, the shape of them by sight doesn't line up with what they feel like in their hand. I feel like if you didn't have a sense and someone said, hey, could you sing me the song for a cart racer mm. that in a dinosaur world, they would sing Jungle Falls. It's pretty darn. Uh, yeah, it's pretty spot on. I think it's fucking perfect. It sounds like a dinosaur is racing. Mm-hmm. It sounds so fucking good. I'm crazy about this song. I think it's so good. Are you just like listening to it when you go to sleep now? No, I, it would hype me up too much. I would be, I'd be way too awake. Because it is so driving. The tempo of the song is fucking crazy. It really is. It's intense. It's so fast. Uh, I, I, I love I love the soundtrack. I think it's so much fun. And specifically Jungle Falls. It's rad. No, the, all, the, all, the, all the music is good. I feel like Rare Games, that is a, a hallmark of a Rare Game is good music. Except yeah. Era. And this one wasn't uh, Grant Kirkhope. It was somebody else. I didn't write it down. But still, I think Rare just had some special sauce that they were putting on these soundtracks, man. It was, it was really, really good. You know what they're doing. Yeah. How did you feel this game like held up in, in 2024 for you? I felt it held up decently well. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't love the difficulty spikes. Yeah. I, I, I think that modern games have better racing mechanics, but I do think that overall the game, like uh, in a racing game, really like a huge part of it is the levels. And I feel like this yeah. game has really good levels just in general. It really does. Yeah. 
And it gives you, even compared to racing games today, a better variety than a lot of games will give you because you have the mm-hmm. different vehicles to, to drive. Probably the closest one that I could think of would be like a Forza Horizon. And even then, they yeah. don't give you like a plane to drive, at least not the bits of Forza Horizon that I've played. Who knows if they do eventually. You played that uh, the Lego 2K driving recently, which sounds kind of similar. That might be the closest thing that I've played recently to this. And that game actually does handle like a dream. It really is yeah. a, a, a pleasure to play play uh and drive in that game but it's more it's it's a very it's a very that the, the lego game is very unhinged yeah. you have to be in a in a mindset to start mucking around in that one but I, I i think that this game does honestly stand up decently well it shows its age in some aspects but the 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 mastery of the craft is clearly there i would say i i, I agree with that it does feel like it it it's just kind of Part of it is the time that it came out. Like a lot of these decisions, I don't know, would come out exactly the same Mm -hmm. if it was made today. But I think even even through that stuff, I think you're still able to see kind of the the ingenuity and the creativity on display here. Mm -hmm. Something I failed to mention during the Karateka section is that in in parts of that game, they have like remade some of those old games in 2023 which is like a fascinating experience to play like they remade uh death bounce in like modern with mm-hmm. modern uh heuris- heuristics is that the word i don't know essentially with modern design right so like sure. instead of controlling like an asteroids where you just control moving your ship and then if you hit a button it'll boost you forward um instead of doing that it's like a twin stick game now so mm. if you just point your direction your ship in a certain direction it'll take you that way and I think that's a that's a really interesting way to look at the comparison there too, where it is showing you this is what this might look like if something like this came out today. It just sort of updated like how people have come to expect to control games. And so I do wonder like what Diddy Kong would look like with just like some updated stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I like I feel like we just don't really get games like this very often. We don't. And I feel like it's not a bad idea. I think this this stuff is very fun. Diddy Kong Racing Two is what you're saying. Or just anything, you know? Conker's bad racing game. Conker's bad racing game. Every character is Conker, but a different movie version of Conker. Featuring guys. The Lies of Conker, is that what you're going to say? The, the Lies. No, I was going to say uh, Bloodborne Kart Racing, but like somebody already made that. So. They sure they sure did. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, or Orphan orphan of Coast Racing, who knows? Mm. Rom the Vacuous Racing Kart game. Ooh, he would be a fun character to play as. He'd definitely be like a heavy big DK. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I thought this game was fun. Um, I was honestly expecting to not like it as Mm -hmm. much as I did because I feel like a lot of the time the games that I go back to with like kind of a little bit of a nostalgia lens, I'm like, "Uh, this is like isn't as good as I remember it being. Mm -hmm. But I was still having a lot of fun. I I like I I think a lot of it is well made enough that it it doesn't feel like jumping back a hundred years to go play this game. No. No, it doesn't. It feels like, okay, I can see how how cart games have evolved from this. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it still has the joy in there. And the, the races are fun. They're close. It, it, mm-hmm. I feel like the AI is good too, surprisingly. Yeah, it doesn't really let you have it a lot of the yeah. time. If you fuck up, you will be <laughs> like getting dumped yeah, you're back getting into eight. Yeah. yeah, which is cool. Oh, one yeah. other thing I did like, now that I think about it, is mm-hmm. how you can upgrade the items. Yes. Yeah. We I did, like we that touch little on that. bit. Essentially, the the concept being that whenever you go over a certain like color balloon item, yeah, balloon, you pick up an item and each of the colors corresponds with like a certain kind of item. So the blue ones are like boosts. The red ones are like missiles and shit. Mm -hmm. But if you choose to wait 
and pick up another one, it like upgrades whatever your item is. So if you go over two blue ones in a row, then your boost will be better. Uh, In the case Mm -hmm. of the missiles, it's like the second upgrade is a homing missile. And the third upgrade is I think you get 10 missiles, which is a A lot. lot of missiles. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that that's pretty novel. Like it, it adds a certain amount of decision making into a game that can yeah. sometimes feel like, oh, just use whatever item you have or like exactly. hang on to the the green shell behind you so you don't get blasted Defense. or whatever. Yeah. Versus yeah. like you always have access to these missiles. So like if you're going to upgrade them, maybe hang on to them in case you get, you know, fucked up and then you can recover a little bit. Yeah. Whereas Mario Kart, the strategy is item management. This is like item proliferation. Like how, <laughs> which item do you want? Do you want like the best version of it to do what you're trying to do right now? Yeah. Which does add a nice wrinkle to it. Yeah. It, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's a, di- my brain is having to think in a way that it typically doesn't in yeah. Mario Kart. Absolutely. Good game. I had a good, good time. Yeah. I was, I was, I was surprised, surprised at how much of a good time I had. Same. I'm relieved about that because I spent a lot of hours in this game and I feel like I, I played it a lot with other people, which is something that Brian had mentioned as well, that it was like kind of the go-to multiplayer game for uh, him and M as well. They played this together. Awesome. But I was worried that like going back to it, it would feel honestly, I think a lot of my feeling there is just the experience of playing Goldeneye in a modern lens. Mm-hmm. The first time that that happened after I had oh, sort of gone, yeah. gone past the, like the craze of Goldeneye. Uh huh. That really rocked me. <laughs> just like, Mama, we've had Halo 2 for a long time now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I think it was around that time. Like, I, I must have gone to revisit it around the, like, since the Halos had been out. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. This is much worse than I remember <laughs> it being. <laughs> it's, like, it's like looking at your grandparents' toys and be like, they, like, played with that? You played with a stick and a hoop, Pops? <laughs> what was this, dude? <laughs> Those hoop sticks was good. It was good. Yeah. Like I, I would, if, if I was trying to like show my kid, like what are some good games for this era? Goldeneye is not on that list. It is no. like, that is a, a relic and an interesting piece to look at, but not something that I would be like, Oh, this will be fun. You know, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. You're, you cannot experience it for the first time in its era. Like I did. You're not no. going to enjoy it. No, it's <laughs> not, not good like that yeah. anymore. Yeah. And, and so I think returning to any of these games where I thought it was good and I put a lot of hours into it at the time, I'm like, Oh boy, is, is, is James Bond going to rear his ugly head again mm-hmm. and show me that this game has not aged well. I feel like the only thing that did not age well is the elephant's voice. Yeah, sure. Didn't, huh? <laughs> Loved everything about the elephant. I was hyped seeing this elephant, me this too. joyous elephant coming out of the sky on a flying carpet and then he talked. I'm like, uh oh, oh no, no, <laughs> no. This is this is a bummer. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna update it, like maybe take another pass at the <laughs> elephant, <laughs> right? Because yeah, like that's not the accent you had to give him. You know? Yeah. He's for anyone wondering. He sounds like Apu from The yeah. Simpsons. The elephant imagery is not lost on me. If like the some white guy was like, I got it. Yeah. I know. I know what accent to give this elephant. Yep. Yep. It's uh yeah. Maybe maybe try a different a different voice on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's I I feel like that's really the only thing that like vibe wise was kind of a bummer. The rest of it it was either extremely fun or extremely hard, but yeah. That, that that's video games, man. That's gaming, baby. As video games the outlet said, in every game good experiences can turn bad. And like they also wow. said, the perception of difficult is always always perceiving it. I am always perceiving difficulty. (laughs) Thank you, Brian, for your suggestion. Yeah, thank you.
Good evening, and welcome to an outro with two gamers. <laughs> the lies of P spelled P-E-A is really just sort of lingering <laughs> behind me. I can feel its presence. Oh, they need, they should have done the soundtrack. Oh my God. Yeah. The lie. <laughs> I never for a moment would have connected it with Bloodborne if the whole time that you're playing Lies of P, the black eyed peas are going on behind you. I'm a P. I'm a P. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a P. <laughs> it's, never would have clocked it. I wouldn't have been able to like perceive that it was based on Bloodborne at all. You would have, you would have been dissociating too much. <laughs> Just what is happening here? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. I don't know. Like the black eyed peas are fucking with me. I don't know how to do the outro anymore. <laughs> if you want to interact with the show, you can do that at podtimism.com. You can go there and suggest a game or send us an email um, or check if we've covered your favorite game before. It, 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 there's like a search bar and you can check to see if we've done it. It also has a link to uh, a cool place on the internet called the worst garbage shot online, the discord server. Uh, come hang out. If you're a fan of the show, there's cool stuff in there. It's a lively server and love to be there speaking of which thank you twg for having us on the network yeah thank you i uh, love being here it's very cool goatee season was cool with with uh, being on a network that mm-hmm. was sick mm-hmm. also if you're new thank you for checking in yeah got a little bump in listenership around the holidays so um thanks for the new folks giving us a peek a little holiday gift to us a little holiday gift for you and me mm-hmm. santa came by and dropped down some new listeners in my <laughs> chimney um <laughs> what's in your stocking chase it's new listeners <laughs> uh thank you scout for doing our 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 art if you want to check out her stuff it's at ko-fi uh dot com slash humble goat man the black eyed peas are really in chase, my head chase man. is struggling through this you can tell these these only has about 25 percent of his uh his mental capacity to do this this outro the right lies now. yeah the lies of p are with me p-e-a what's the other shit we do in here uh if you want to help out the show there are two things you can do one of them is share the show with a friend which is exceptionally helpful and really the only way that we grow but the other is to review it on your podcatcher of choice which again i see people doing so thank you for doing that it uh helps like natural discoverability if that makes any sense Mm. it's Mm -hmm. it's an algorithm thing Mm. (laughs) hey the person who's listening to this i'm speaking to you right now directly thank you for listening to this podcast We're falling apart at the edges and you're still here. So thank you for that. You don't have to listen to the outro. There's not a lot of gaming takes in the back, no. back, back end here, but uh, this, is, this, is, this is where the wheels come off and that's the fun this stuff. This is where the wheels come off. This is where Chase starts dissociating. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm like witnessing me record this episode right now from like above my head. Mm. <laughs> the P stands for podcast. The P does stand for podcast and P like P-E-A. Like the black eyed peas. This is triple P now. Thank you for listening to the show. We appreciate you greatly. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> going back. Never too late. Never too late. Uh, it's true. Do you have any gaming wisdom, David? Gaming wisdom. You knew a lot of smells like funk. That feels like gaming wisdom. The song off Ella Funk. If it smells like funk, it must be a song. <laughs> That's a great song. That one's stuck in my head for some reason. (laughs) We Keep It Stanky is a pretty bold line to include in a song. And then in the background, they say stanky and they go, stanky. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess, I guess, I guess what the, the lies of podcast cast is uh, trying to say is keep it stanky gamers. You need to keep it stinky. Keep it stanky. Not in a way where you're not showering. Mm. That's, 
that's out in 2023 out being stinky because of your uh not showering in 2024 what is is being stinky with your vibe in a good way good stink stank i well, should I was say about, i was about to say you're saying you're saying stink this is stank, stank. that's different stank that's a different it's very different yeah, yeah. out stank in, no out stink in stank yeah take take out the eyes put in the a's the lies of panakau <laughs> the lies of stank the lies of stank is that enough <laughs> Is that enough podcast? Did we do an outro? Jace, I Jace I needs am. to go into a dark room and just like feel his body for a bit. I need to listen to acapella versions of Smells Like Funk by the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> I bet that just exists. Sort of, just sort of meditate on what it all means. It God, this is a long like song. Funk, it must be us. Cause we keep it stanky. Yo, you fucking with the funk family. The non-fabricated factual faculty. We formulating up in the factory, oh my focusing gosh. on the energy, energy ID of fluid flow free that listen, guys, my heart's open. That means nothing. There's <laughs> nothing said in that sentence. I was about to say, There's William was there. spitting on that one. He's <laughs> absolutely stanking. He's got some one. alliteration going there. Oh, we'll see you next week, cameras. See ya. Goodbye. Bye. Garbage. Draw online.